Welcome and thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu. At the end of a calendar year, some credit card companies will give you a summary of your purchases over the last 12 months. It's a way for you to see and remember your financial history. Today, we do something similar in church. Here to explain is First Pres Director of Young Adults, Jeff Page. Well, again, I'm Jeff Page, and I lead the Young Adult Ministries here, and I don't think it's too early to say Happy New Year. Thank you. Well, in the midst of the hustle and bustle of the Christmas season, it was so easy to get wrapped up in all the gift giving of the season that we forget about the things that we've already received, which is why I think it's so vital for us to pause today and to reflect on what we've already received. See, God has been so generous to us this past year, and he's answered our question marks with his faithfulness. And if all goes according to plan, both you and I will share some of the ways that God has shown up for us in 2019. Why? Because all of us have stories of God's goodness. It's not just the people that stand on the stage that have stories, things to say, ways to honor God for what he's done. It's all of us that have stories of God's goodness. So uh, it's going to be a bit of an experiment, but we're going to have the opportunity to share the big and the small ways that God has wowed us with his love and shocked us with his grace. But don't freak out. I'll go first. And then in 15 minutes, it's your turn. But first, I want us to look at Psalm 66, which is a model of what it looks like to celebrate God together. In this psalm, the author is sharing with his community the ways that God has shown up for him again and again. And it's not just this bored, sterile account of events in his life. In fact, he crafts this into a poem. It's actually a song to be sung by God's people. So in light of that, would you please stand, and we're going to read the scripture together. But it's going to be a little different, so I'll give you some instructions. So uh, the passages that say leader, I will read, and then I'm asking you to help me by reading the passages that say church, and then finally at the end, there's a passage that says all, and that's all of us, okay? So leader, church, all. Good? All right, let's try it. Come and see what God has done, what awesome miracles he performs for people. Our lives are in his hands, and he keeps our feet from stumbling. You have captured us in your net and laid the burden of slavery on our backs. Come and listen, all you who fear God, and I will tell you what he did for me. If I had not confessed the sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Praise God, who did not ignore my prayer or withdraw his unfailing love from me. This is the word of the Lord. All right. Thank you so much. You can be seated. So this psalm is a labor of love. It's a work of art meant to inspire. And the psalmist is priming us for our own praise of God for what he has done in our lives. 
what the psalmist doing is he's building a monument in his memory, a monument in the world that he's going to come back to again and again for the courage that he needs to trust God. In other words, he's building a cathedral. But before I tell you about cathedrals, let me tell you about the trip of a lifetime. So after years of only dreaming, my wife Marissa and I got to finally visit Israel. It was this past August where we were celebrating our 10-year anniversary. And I know you're shocked because we don't look that old. (laughs) Or at least she doesn't. But anyways, we were uh, celebrating our 10-year anniversary by visiting the Holy Land to see all the places that we read about in Scripture. And it was one of the best experiences in my life. And I've, I've counted as a huge privilege to have been there. And I highly recommend it if you get the chance. But have you ever pictured something in your mind and it was not quite what you expected? That's what some of Israel was like for me. I love reading the Bible and trying to imagine the places where David and Jesus and Paul walked. I went to Israel hoping to get a better picture of the scenery and of the atmosphere. And at some places I visited, it was really easy to imagine what it looked like. It actually was awesome. Um, At others, not so much. While there were several sites that I really wanted to see, I was especially looking forward to the place, to seeing the place where Jesus was crucified and where he rose from the dead. Uh, In my mind's eye, I envisioned it something like this. This is kind of what I picture. And there is this argument as to what the site was, um, and this is one of them. But uh, from what I've heard, the most likely place uh, that Jesus was crucified and and where he was buried was called the Holy Sepulcher, which is this. Uh, So inside the Holy Sepulchre, it's dark and smoky with incense. People are chanting and wailing, and they're kissing the floor. Then there's this jumble of chapels and churches, and they're all mashed up together. And there are these passageways that connect everything. And it kind of felt like I was lost inside an M.C. Escher-inspired maze. (laughs) So the Holy Sepulchre was not what I imagined. Initially, I felt deflated and disappointed. This was the place where Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead, but it was buried under all these chapels and altars. I was commiserating with Marissa. Man, why couldn't they just like leave it the way it was? Why you gotta like enshrine and guilt and mosaic over everything? What a bummer. But what I didn't realize was that all those chapels and shrines were actually a really good thing. Why? Well, because in order to remember what God has done, you've got to build a cathedral. You need a monument in your memory of all that God has done for you over the years. See, the reason that we even know where any of these these sites are, the main reason uh, where we know where the biblical events are, is because that early followers of Jesus took the time to build these shrines and churches and cathedrals over them. You can actually touch the very stones of what was most likely the place where Jesus was crucified and died for your sins, all because of the Holy Sepulchre. Yeah, but why can't you just like put a sign up and tell people to remember it? Well, I hate to break it to you, but signs don't last 2,000 years. They get paved over. If you don't build a cathedral over the place where God came through for you, you'll end up with a parking lot. But we'll talk about parking lots in just a bit. 
See, followers of Jesus need to keep revisiting, remembering, and building on those places and moments where, the, where we've personally experienced God's goodness. We need to remember and talk about what God has done for us. And by doing so, we're building cathedrals, these long-standing memories of gratitude and praise to God. But if we don't, we'll forget those things and they'll just get paved right over with other stuff. So build a cathedral or you'll end up with a parking lot. St. Giles Cathedral is in the heart of Edinburgh, Scotland, and it's a great example of parking lots. It was founded in 1124, and then in the 16th century, it became the focal point of the Scottish Reformation. And it's actually the mother church of all Presbyterian churches in the world, including this one. Um, And it was started in large part, that movement was started in large part by a man named John Knox, who was the the main reformer of the... uh, of St. Giles and, and of the Scottish Reformation. And so uh, the impact of this man's life is huge, and we are still experiencing the shockwaves of his life. So you'd think it'd be pretty easy to actually find his grave, right? Like, God did some amazing things in his life? Well, not quite. See, uh, the, in the city center of Edinburgh, especially, um, especially the old section, things were getting built up and crowded, and they really needed more parking. So logically, what did they do? They paved over the cemetery. So today, if you want to see John Knox's grave, um, you just need to show up at parking stall 23. (laughs) This is it. This is where you can find uh, the burial site of John Knox, a man whose faith erupted into this incredible movement of Christian faith throughout the world, including influencing us right here. So build a cathedral, or you'll end up with a parking lot. See, the same thing can easily happen in our lives. Life can be busy and full, and we forget about the miracles, and small and big, the answered prayers that God has given. And instead, our lives become full of parking lots, Memories that are just paved over by the stress and difficulty and business of life. See, unless we intentionally, in, uh, intentionally revisit the places where God met us and we build on them, unless we talk to one another about those things, they'll be swallowed up by the flurry and scramble of life. Build a cathedral or you'll end up with a parking lot. Friends, pavement is cold comfort. If I'm totally honest, there are plenty of parking lots in my life. I know that God has come through for me again and again. But when I find myself in difficult or painful situations, I find myself stressing out and questioning like, God, are you with me? Or is this the time when I'm doomed? Why is that? It's because I didn't take the time to build a cathedral. It's because I didn't take the time to remember what God has done for me, to tell my friends, my family about them, to write it in my journal, to think it through with the people that I love. Those things aren't there. And so when I find myself once again confronted and needing courage, I can't go back to those things. But here's the good news for me, and I think for you too, is that God knew we would forget. And even when we forget God, he has not forgotten us. Though we forgot him, Christ remembered us every step of the way to the cross. Through his arrest, his trial, 
his crucifixion and resurrection, Christ remembered you. And in the words of Pastor Tim Keller, the gospel is that Jesus Christ came to the earth, lived the life we should have lived, and died the death we should have died. And then, friends, by rising from the dead, Jesus remembered us, and he invites us into this forever life of grace and hope, a life, a life bursting with God's goodness to be remembered, even in the middle of hard things, even in the midst of stress and busyness. God has invited us into his family. See, the memories that we reinforce by praising God become like cathedrals. They act as beacons of hope in the darkness, like reference points when we feel lost or stressed out or at our wit's end. But I'll tell you, it's tough to build a cathedral alone. It takes a community, which is why today we're actually going to crowdsource praising God. I'm really excited about it. See, in Hebrews 10, we're commanded not to forsake a gathering together. We're commanded to keep doing this. This thing, we're supposed to keep doing it. Why? Because praising God is a team sport. Alone, each of us can stack a few rocks, but together we can build this cathedral of praise. A cathedral that's not just going to influence our own actions and attitudes, but those for generations to come. So my question for each of us to think about is this. Where have you personally seen God's faithfulness? Where have you seen his love, his grace demonstrated to you this year? I could speak for hours about how God has worked through First Pres this year, through Easter baptisms or uh, the help that God gave to people who needed it through Laundry Love or St. Nick Project, or about our growing young adult ministry or the Kaka'ako campus coming online. God has been gracious and great, and we are grateful for those things. But today, I want us to take a moment to get a little more personal. So where have you personally seen God's faithfulness, love, and grace in 2019? And while you're thinking about that, I want you to notice that in verse 10 through 12, it's not just the easy things to remember and to praise God for. See, God's, God's faithfulness is demonstrated in the hard things too. The psalmist mentions prison and burdens and oppression. He says, God tested and refined us like silver. What struggles and heartaches have refined you this year? For some of us, the story's not over yet, right? Maybe we're still in the middle of a major illness. Maybe we're dealing with broken relationships. Maybe you feel trapped in an addiction or an unhealthy relationship but I want you to know that you're not alone in your pain. Psalmist says that they were attacked. They became slaves and were prisoners. But I want us to remember what Pastor Dan says, that the king always has one more move. And as I look back over the most difficult times in my life, God's one move was to use them to make me better. There were and still are these cowardly and selfish parts of me that need to be burned off. And friends, God doesn't waste our pain or difficulty or grief. He uses them to make us more like Jesus in all the ways that matter. And this year, God came through for Marissa and I in a big way. By the beginning of 2019, Marissa's commute and the unrealistic expectations of her job took this huge toll on her health. 
Marissa was working like 10 to 12 hours a day, and then she'd come home and have at least two more hours of work to do each night. And as a result, she was suffering from daily migraines and a lot of body pain. And it was super hard for me to watch her struggle through those things. Difficult to try and comfort her because I felt powerless at times to help and hopeless sometimes that she was going to improve. But after a bunch of encouragement and tough conversations with friends and family, Marissa decided to resign from her job in January. And not only was she leaving her job, she was leaving the career path that she had been taking for years. She left um, the career path where she got her master's degree in. So you can see how, um, you can imagine the uncertainty and stress that we faced. And her career change took a bit longer than we anticipated. It was actually, she was looking for a new job for about seven months. And so both of us were a little uncomfortable as we watched our savings do this. (laughs) As they, as they got smaller and smaller. In fact, at one point, they were down to 10% of what they had been in 2018. But in the midst of all that, God was gracious and he was faithful to us. Through the prolonged job search, the health struggles, and the diminished income, God was faithful. And Marissa recovered, and then Jesus graciously provided her with the new job that she loves. Our story is this, that God is faithful and you can trust him with your career, your health, your finances, no matter how difficult the job search or how steep the cost of living. Just like the psalmist, Marissa and I can say, we cried to him and God listened and heard our prayer. So now it's your turn. Come and tell us what God has done for you. We're going to ask you to share about what you've seen God do in your life. Where have you seen God's faithfulness? But here's a couple of guidelines. First, number one, It's got to be current, something that happened in 2019. Something current. Uh, Second, concise. And concise means concise. No long-winded stories that start when I was four years old back on the farm. If you start winding up that way, I will say, so yeah, so about one to two minutes. If you keep winding up, I will say, thank you so much for sharing. And then we might even get that music they play at the Oscars to walk you off. Roz, you think you can help with that? All right, great. And then most importantly, uh, kidding aside, Christ-centered. God is the hero of the story. So I know your kids are great. I know your spouse is great. Mine is too. But now is not the time to tell us about how great your kids or your spouse are. Now is the time to tell us how great God is. And just one unwritten rule, um, as our helpers come up with a microphone, uh, just allow them to hold it close, about like a lollipop where it would be. And uh, again, keep it one to two minutes, and please tell us your name, okay? So I'm going to pray, and then if God's moving you, or if you feel like you've got something to share, I really would, would love for us to hear your story too. So please come up and line up in front of uh, Chaz and Daniel, and uh, we'd love to hear your story. So I'll pray. God, you're the hero of our story, this year and every year. Today we remember your provision, your mercy, and your grace to us in 2019. We're here to build a monument and a cathedral of praise to you. Holy Spirit, move among us now and give your people words to share how marvelous a God you are. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we would love to hear from you. How has God been faithful to you this year? You're going to hold it. Okay.
Uh, my name is Al Linton. Uh, I've been a member here for seven or eight years. Um, on October 11th, I woke up, it was a Friday morning, with uh, chest pains. And uh, wasn't sure what was going on. And as a typical per person with Y chromosome, I waited an hour and a half before I finally told my wife, who immediately called 911. And... Um, uh, but the best thing that she did after that was she called Pastor Dan and members of the church and other friends and family. And my story is basically uh, after two days in the hospital, um, uh, I did not have a heart attack. I did not have a stroke. I was suffering from AFib and I uh, didn't know I had it. And one of the few people that gets pain from it. So it was a very scary time. but. I got to tell you, this church and the members of this church in their prayers, I believe, are what got me through. And I would say, and I'm not exaggerating, there was at least uh, well over 100 emails, prayers, phone calls, wow. uh, Facebook, <laughs> you name it. And uh, I'm so grateful for this church and for for all of your prayers, and uh, uh, it's it's just grow. It's it's helped my faith grow even more this year, and I'm thankful for that. Thank you so much, Al. All right, I understand that speaking in front of hundreds of people is not something that we all enjoy doing. But if God has been gracious to you, we would love to hear about it. Don't keep it to yourself. Um, yeah, thank you. My name is Renee Morgan, and on October 4th, my brother's wife, uh, 47 years old, suffered a catastrophic stroke. Oh. And how God has been good to us in the midst of it is um, my brother, who doesn't share our faith, called out for prayer. Mm -hmm. And so as a personal prayer warrior, I prayed, but then I requested of others, so the prayer team here and Friends and strangers have prayed for my sister-in-law, Denise, and after three weeks in the ICU at Queens, she lived. And so God is good in that regard. And God has also granted my husband and I the patience and the love to um, house my brother and their dog. Uh, and at night, my brother comes home and catharts by sharing his profound anxiety and the worst case scenario. Um, my sister-in-law Denise has no movement on her left side and their life is forever changed. And so um, God allows me to listen uh, and to love him and to quietly suggest um, a positive outlook or that God can do amazing things beyond what doctors will say. Um, he doesn't always receive that well, but the next morning the answer to prayer is he will come to me and say, I'm sorry I was so negative, and I really appreciate that. So we're in the midst of this. Um, if you'd pray for Denise and my brother Jeff, that God would continue to show himself faithful. Um, but God is good in the midst of the trouble. Wow, thank you so much for sharing. Is there one more person who might want to share with us? We can bring the microphone to you, if, if so. 
My name is Nancy, and I had forgotten about this, but about a year ago, I was diagnosed with bronchiectasis, and of course, I'd never heard of it, had no idea what it was, but I was breathing on an inhaler, and I had a machine, and I was using all these things. Well, I don't have to use them anymore. Wow. It's from prayer from this church. Thank you very wow. much. Thank you so much. Two years ago, I left a really unhealthy marriage where um, my husband had um, separated me from my friends and my family. And um, at that time, I was really struggling with my relationship with God and um, kind of unwilling to enter a Christian community and accept support from other people. Um, but I had a really special um, woman that um, was there for me through that time, and uh, she really showed me God's love, and I, at the time, didn't know she was a Christian, but later on, um, she shared with me that she was, and um, through that relationship, I um, got the courage to uh, try to enter a Christian community here, and um, some of the young adults um, reached out to me, and were just really incredible this last year. I remember in January, I had tried to go to a um, Bible study, but I was just really tired working all the time and wasn't sure if I was going to go regularly, but it was my birthday, and I didn't tell the people in this group that it was my birthday, um, but they found out through Facebook or something, and I remember they sent me a video, and I just met them, and um, the video was of them uh, singing me happy birthday, <laughs> and they texted it to me, it was really beautiful and really sweet, and ever since then, they've just been just like a family to me, um, supporting me throughout this whole last year and just giving me more faith in God and um, his love. And it's been a really incredible year with them. So I'm really grateful for everything they've done for me. And it's, it's been an awesome year. So <laughs> hey, thank you so much. Let's give him a hand. Well, if speaking in front of hundreds of people is not your thing, I get that. Uh, it's a little nerve-wracking, but we would love to hear your stories. So if, uh, if, God, if you have stories to tell, we would love to hear about that. You can email us at aloha at fpchawaii.org, and we would love to hear that. And let me also suggest that you take some time before the year ends to reflect and to think about, maybe with friends or family, about those times, those places where God showed you his faithfulness this year. Those memories are precious, and if you go back to them, they can be a light in the dark times that may be ahead. And will you please stand as I pray, and then we'll sing our songs of response. God, you are completely trustworthy. You have proved again and again that we can count on you. Remind us, your forgetful people, so that our stories and our lives may become cathedrals brimming with hope and light to our world in need. And all God's people say, amen. Well, if, you're, if you would like someone to pray or talk with after the service, they're going to be waiting for you over by the Christmas trees to my right and left, members of our prayer team, and they'd love to pray with you. Um, if you'd like to take advantage of that, we would love if you would. Uh, so may the light of the world give you eyes to see what he is doing in and through you. Now receive the benediction. 
May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of our Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. What is your story for 2019? How has God worked in your life? Let's remember all the things, big and small, that God has done. If you'd like to hear this sermon again, you can listen to and download this and other sermons from the First Pres website, fpchawaii.org. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us at one of our worship services on campus at 45550 Kiona Ole Road, Kaneohe, Hawaii, 96744. We meet Sunday mornings at 8, 9.30, and 11.11. Follow First Prez on Twitter and Facebook. Download the new First Prez app. Watch First Prez sermon videos on our website and on Facebook. And if you need more, call us at 808-532-1111. For Pastor Dan Chun and the entire staff at First Prez, I'm Michael Shishido. Until next time, Happy New Year. God bless you, and thanks for listening. This sermon podcast is copyright 2019 and produced by the Media Ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu at Ko'olau.